Gemara Hagiga Daf Yud Gimal Masechet dedicated anonymously for the Arichut Yamin Veshanim Yisrael Yaakov Ben Frida Sipora VeSarab Batzimha Shashim Yarichim Hem Batov Shnutam Ben Yimim Amen. Today's Daf being studied in Fuash Shleman Nesia Kehila Eliyahu Ben Rachel. And the Refanalog Betoch Shar Chol Yisrael Amen. We begin today's Daf on Yud Gimal. Amud Rishon, and we were on the first line. The Amar of Bahabar Yaakov, Od Rakia Echad Yeshle Malam Menashe Hayot. So there's another heaven. Yesterday we learned about the uh, seven heavens. So the Gemara says there's actually one, one more heaven above the heads of the Hayot, which are the angels. Dichtiv Udmut Al Rashi Hayah Rakia Keenakera Hanora. So above the Hayah, there's like a um, uh, a, uh, a, a heaven, uh, and it is like uh, the color of the uh, awesome ice. Adkan you know, up to the seven heavens, that's where we're allowed to speak about. From there on in, you're not allowed to speak about the topic, which means that's considered ma'le ma'la. Like we learned in the Gemara and the Mishnah, you can't learn Male Mala. That's it. That's as high as you can go. Shekhen Katu Besefet Ben Sira. As it says in the, uh, the book that's called uh, Ben Sira, there was a, a smart uh, rabbi that wrote a, a rabbi person that wrote a book in the times of the second Beit HaMikdash. It's like, a, you know, a book of Proverbs. And Ben Sira said, Tedrosh. Things that are removed from you, don't ask, don't get involved in. Things that are covered, don't, uh, don't analyze. Which means, only study things that you are able to. Don't study things beyond the uh, scope that you're able to. You know, whatever you have authority to study, so you can study and contemplate. You have no business studying the Esoteric, uh, esoteric topics. Okay, the Gemara continues. Tanya, we have a Baraita. Amar Aban Yohanan Ben Zakai, Ma Teshuvah Heshabatu Bat Kol Leotor What was the heavenly voice that answered the wicked man Nebuchadnezzar when he said, "B'Sha'ar Shamar Ale Al Bamoteav Edamel Elion." So Ibn Nisar said, I'm going to rise above the clouds and I'll make myself high, which means I'm not going to be like God. I'm able to reach the highest levels that I will uh, ascend to the clouds and above all the way high. So the heavenly voice said, The heavenly voice came out and said, Rasha ben Rasha. You see, the wicked one, the son of the wicked one, ben ben Rasha. You're, you're the grandson of Nimrod Rasha, Shehemrid Kolaulam Kulo Alab Bimalkuto, that caused the whole world to rebel against God during his reign. Now, Tosfot points out that Nebuchadnezzar was not uh, directly biologically related to, Nebuchadnezzar, to, to Nimrod, but when it says Ben Beno, it just means that uh, they were the same. It means just like Nimrod was a rebel, so Nebuchadnezzar was a rebel, but they weren't biologically related. And what did the Batko say to Nebuchadnezzar? So how many, 
How old does a person live? Shivaim Shana, 70 years, Shana Imar. Yemeshin, Obtenu Bahim Shivaim Shana. Vim Bichburo, Shivaim Shana. If he has strength, he'll live to 80. Vahalo, Mena Aris Adlerakia, Mahalak Hameshmo Shana. From the earth to the first level of the heaven, Tererakia, is 500 years journey. The obvious Rakia, the thickness of the Rakia, Mahalak Hameshme or Chana. Vechen ben Kolrakia, Verakia, and in between each one of the seven heavens, the Shi'un is what? 500 years journey. Le Mala Mehen, and then above that we said you have Hayot Kodesh, which is again, Raglea Hayot, the legs of the Hayot, Kenegit Kulam, is equivalent to all the spans that we mentioned till now, just the legs. Of the Hayot, Karsulea Hayot, Keneged Kulam. The ankles, sorry, the Ragle is the feet. The Karsule is the ankles of the Hayot are equal to all the levels that we just mentioned above. Shukea Hayot, Keneged Kulam. It's the lower part of the leg of the Hayot, Keneged Kulam. Rechubea Hayot, Keneged Kulam. The middle part of the legs also, Keneged Kulam. Yarkea Hayot, Keneged Kulam. The upper part of the legs. Again, 500 years, and we're doing now all combined, each one of these parts. The torso of the Hayot is equivalent to all. The necks of the Hayot, the heads, which is the horns on top of the Hayot. Okay, we didn't get there yet. And the Bukhadassah thinks he's going to reach this. Now we have the kiseh kavod, the kiseh kavod, the the feet of the throne keneged kulam, kiseh kavod keneged kulam, the chair itself is keneged kulam, and then you have melech el chayvekayam ravinisa, the king uh, ravinisa, the exalted one shochen alehem rest upon them. Ve'ata amarta e'alei albamotei ab, and you said that you're going to ascend over the tops of the clouds in the mele alion, and you're going to make yourself like the high one. The opposite. We're going to uh, go to the place that is lower in the bottom of the pit, which is Gehinam. And now we go back to the Mishnah. Uh, so we said that one is not allowed to teach Ma'asim Merkabah in a class, even of one student, unless that one student was a scholar, and he could understand a lot of the things on his own. But you're allowed to give them the Rashi Perakim, which is like the uh, you know the chapter headings, or you could read the beginning of the Pesukim, but without going into uh, too much uh, too much elabor- uh, elaborations. You give them some clues and hints without elaborating. And even that, giving the chapter headings, wow, he has to be. You know, uh, exceptional Tabit Hakam, where he's a he's a Abedin. Now, I don't think he has to be, actually be the Abedin, but he has to be you know worthy. It's fitting to be appointed to the uh, to the uh, to the Bedin. And it's somebody whose heart worries within. I think that's another way of saying that he has a, you know serious guy. He's a serious guy, not a Yiresh uh, serious attitude. Some say that it's not two different qualifications. Not only has to be worthy to be on the Bedin, but he also has to have that proper um, demeanor 
where he is serious and yere yere shamayim. I'm going to be ami and Muslim sitre Torah. Eda le mishi yes bo hamisha devarim. We only teach sitre Torah, maase merkaba, sefer yitzira, maase bereshit. All these different esoteric works. We only teach it to the people that have the five attributes. What are they? Sar hahamishim. So captain of fifty, like we learned in the Torah. You have sare meot, sare hamishim. That is worthy to be appointed. You know, to be uh, a captain of fifty people. Unsupanim is a respected person. Yoetz is uh, an advisor. Hacham, uh, he has to be a, obviously a wise man. Vaharashim, uh, Hacham Harashim is a, a teacher of the wise men. Unbon Lahash, and he's a comprehender of mysteries. Right, so he has to know, uh, you know, obviously uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot, a lot of prerequisites, put it that way, in order to study these uh, these secrets of Torah. And the Gemara continues. Rabbi Muslim Torah Okay, we're not allowed to teach Torah to a goy. So Mushpatim, when it comes to our Torah, we do not teach them. Mushpatim, bal yidaum. Now. Uh, this is not talking about the secrets of the Torah. This is just talking about any part of the Torah. I guess besides the seven mitzvot b'nei Noah, because the seven mitzvot b'nei Noah, they're, they're obligated to study. Um, but he says over here from the Me'idi, we are not allowed to transmit the secrets of the Torah to an idolater, since he serves the stars and denies the very essence of belief in God. How can we teach him these parts? By contrast, a non-Jew who studies the details of the seven uh, Noah laws, which are incumbent upon him, deserves the honors due to a Kohen Gadol. Okay, so if he studies the uh, seven, the study of the seven Noah laws may lead him to study most of the precepts of the Torah. So that would be a question. It sounds like you should you'd be able to teach him that, but maybe not the. Uh, not the secrets. Amar le Rabbi Yohanan Rabbi El Azar, famous story. Rabbi Yohanan tells Rabbi El Azar, Ta agmerak be maaseh merkaba. Come, let me teach you maaseh merkaba. Amar le, so Rabbi El Azar says, Lo kashai, I'm not old enough. Kikash, when we got old enough, nach nafshed Rabbi Yohanan. Rabbi Yohanan had died already; he had passed away. So Amar le Rabbi Yosef, so Rabbi Yosef tells Rabbi El Azar. Come, let me teach you Maaseh Merkaba. Amar le, Izakai. If I would have had the Zichud, Gamirta, Rabbi Yohanan, I would have learned it from Rabbi Yohanan. So, what do you see from over here? He, he, he pushed himself away from learning this stuff. He gave an excuse. I'm too young, and then when he was too old, with all this, listen, I didn't have the Zichud, I would have learned it from the rabbi. That's it. Um, the Maharsha over here gives a very strong rebuke. From those people that, uh, from a young age, are studying Kabbalah, and uh, you know they uh, are not studying the uh, Talmud and the Pshatim of the Torah, and he's very, very, very against it. He said, from this story, you see that they shunned away even the great rabbis uh, from this. Again, that's the Maharsha's uh, uh, opinion over here. Rabbi Yosef, Havagamin Maaseh Merkaba. 
Rabbi Yosef was an expert in Maase Merkaba. Sabed de Pompedita habutanu ve Maase Bereshit. So the uh, the elders of Pompedita, they were learning Maase Bereshit. So Amru there, so they made a deal. The elders of Pompedita tell Rabbi Yosef, you teach us your uh, expertise, So Amar Lehu, so he says, wait, if you teach me Maase Bereshit. So that was the deal. They'll, they'll, each one, they'll, they'll, they'll teach each other their, their expertise. Batad Agmirun, they taught him Maase Bereshit. Amru so they tell Rabbi Yosef, Ligmirun Mor Maase Merkaba. Okay, we taught you Maase Bereshit, now teach us Maase Merkaba. Amar Lehu, Tanina Behu, sorry, Devash Vehalab Tahat Neshonech. You gotta keep the honey and the milk under your tongue. Devarim Ametukim, Devash Vehalab, things that are so sweet. More than milk and honey, you gotta keep it under your uh, under your tongue. I cannot teach you Maasim and Kabbalah. Now, what's the shot over here? They made a deal. So, Mephashim explained that when he started to sit down with Sabibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibib
עד היכן מעשה מרכבה? Until where is מעשה מרכבה? רבי אומר, עד ועדה בתרה. Until the second ועדה. Which means uh, that is um, uh, the פרק א', פסוק כ' ז', that's מעשה מרכבה. So עד ועדה בתרה. רבי יצחק אומר, עד החשמל. And he comes along and says, until the verse that talks about the Hashmal. So according to everybody, it's not Perek Bet. The Ma'asim al-Kabah is already in Perek Aleph. So why did he say that as if Perek Bet is also part of the uh, Ma'asim al-Kabah? As she says, Metiveg, as she and I'm fine. Ad ve'edeken Hashmal. Ve'eluhu bichlal. And not including it. Until the Hashmal. So without the Pasuk of the Hashmah, so therefore he was saying originally that they read much more than that. They read much more. There were a couple of Pesukim more. So really Ma'asim al-Khabah is before that. So the Yomar is now, Ad ve'ere magmirinan. Until the verse that talks about the Hashmah, that you could teach normally. It's Ma'asim al-Khabah, but you could teach that part of Ma'asim al-Khabah. Mikan ve'ilach masrinan asheh perakim. But only after that, you can only transmit the uh, headings. Now she says, Ad va'edem b'gmar gamini k'lomar, hachi k'lomar, Ad hechad ma'asem mirkaba shenatnu l'drosh. Right. Where is ma'asem mirkaba that you're allowed to teach? There's a part of mirkaba that you can teach until. That's Ad va'edem. Or Ad ha'shmal, that's the mahloket. Umisham Ad va'yomer, but then after that on, which is perek bed, hen hen ma'asem mirkaba, and that's what the rabbis are, uh, are concerned about. Ikad Amri, it's another, another version over here. Ad va'ere masrina nashe perakim. Wow, which means, until I saw the hashmal, as va'ere I saw the hashmal, that you only teach nashe perakim. V'ikam va'ilach, from there on in, imhu hacham mevin medato in. If the student is a hacham that will understand it on his own, you can teach him. Ila, la. So it's even a, 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 a stricter, uh, stricter item. Which means uh, the the bright over there is not teaching you, you know, how much of of uh, can you teach. It's saying how much of must be hinted, and then until that uh, until the last verse, you may hint, but after that, starting from the last verse of the last chap of chapter one, it can only be uh, done only if the student is on the uh, the high level. Basically. Uh, the word va'ere appears three times in the book of Yechazkel. Three different things I guess he saw. The first one was um, in, uh, in, in, in Pesukim 4 to 14, when it's talking about how he saw the hayot. The second is 15 to 26, where he saw the ofanim. And the third, which is the real one, that's where he saw above the hayot, where he saw like a man. That's uh, 27 and 28. So the machlokot over here is, you know, when it comes to the perception that he saw of the hayot and the ofanim, so that you can teach, you know, straightforwardly. Uh, or maybe only in hints. So that's the, that's the machlokot. The last perception, which is mamash ma'asim al-kabah, so that's the question, could you even teach that through hints? And therefore, we have a machlokot between the two... Uh, the two, uh, the two interpretations of the Brayta. According to the first interpretation, so when it comes to the Hayot and the Ofanim, so that's called Ma'asim Bereshit. Therefore, you can teach it normally. When you get to the third vision, which is the Adam, 
then that's called Maaseh Merkabah, and can only be taught through hints. According to the second interpretation, all three va'irez, va'iraz are Maaseh Merkabah. The first two may be taught through hints, and the last one may not be taught at all. So that's the, uh, that's the Mahlokit. Yomara says, Ubi darshinan behashmal? He says, hold it. Are you allowed to even doresh on the hashmal, that pasuk of the hashmal at all? There was a, a young one, Yinuka, and he was studying the hashmal. And a fire came out from the hashmal and consumed them. So therefore it sounds like what? You cannot learn it at all. So the Gemara says, No, because he didn't reach his time yet. He wasn't uh, yet uh, old, but somebody who does have the age and the maturity is permitted to study the word uh, Hashmah. says, uh, in truth, there was a man, we remember him favorably. His name was Hananya ben Hazkiyah. If it wasn't for him, the book of Yehazkel would have been putting in Shehayu. There were many contradictions between the words of Yehezkel and the Devret and Torah itself. Ma'asa, what did he do? He brought him to his attic. In the attic, there's fresh air in the attic. You open the windows, you get the good air so you can concentrate. They brought him 300 barrels of oil. We said they brought him, he sat in his attic. And he gave, uh, you know, reconciliations. That's the famous attic that we learned in Masichet Shabbat, that one day the students of Shammai and the students of Hillel went up to the attic, and they, the students of Shammai actually outnumbered the students of Hillel, and on that day they made the famous 18 Gezerot, like we learned in the beginning of Masichet Shabbat. So this attic uh, is a famous, uh, famous location in uh, Jewish history. Tanur Banan, in Jewish halachic history. Tanur Banan, Maaseh Betino Kehad. So there's a child... Uh, once, I guess he was a child prodigy. So he was reading Sefri Haskel. Wow, and he started to be Doresh. He was, was understanding it, actually. And a fire came out and burnt him. The people said, that's it, we got to put Sefri Haskel in Genizah. Because look how dangerous it is. So the rabbi said, Because this kid's a child prodigy. You think all kids are child prodigies? Which means it's an exception. You don't have to be gonez the book for an exceptional case where some young child started to learn it. That doesn't mean everybody's going to learn Yehazkel. No reason to put it in Gerizah. Now the Gemara wants to know, my hashmal. Okay, after all that, after, after, after the Yunukah got burnt, and after the Tinok uh, got burnt, now the Gemara is asking, what's Hashmal? All right, so be careful, Rabotai. Amar of Yehuda, so the Yehuda came along and said, Hayyot esh memalilot. So we're really not expounding on it, we're just saying what the word is. So Hashmal is like an uh, acronym. Hayyot esh, Hashmal, Hayyot esh, memal, mal, memalilot, that are, that are uh, speaking. And she says, Hayot Esh And when they speak, like the fire comes out of their uh, mouth. the bright that says, Etim Hashot, Etim Sometimes these 
angels are hashot, silent, hash, hash, and sometimes they're mal. Mal means they are memalelot, they are speaking. When God uh, is in the Hashemaim, is uh, words are coming out of Hashem Kadosh Baruch Hu, so they're quiet. Hashot. When there's no words coming out of Hashem Baruch Hu, then they are uh, speaking. So that's Hashmal. Uh, Hash. Sometimes they're quiet, and sometimes Mal they are speaking. Regarding the Hayot, they run, you know, back and forth. Like the uh, image of Bazak. We'll see what that means. What does it mean they go back and forth? It's like the flame that comes out of the opening of the furnace. It goes, you ever see like the flames? They go up and down, up and down, up and down. So the Hayot, they go up to the higher levels. And when they get to these high levels, it's too esoteric, too deep. So they come right back down. And then you go up and they come back down. And she says, so they try to stick their head above the rakia where they are. But then they pull back because of the fear of the Shekhinah. <coughs> so that's the you know back and forth. I saw from Rav Shimon Schwab, he once explained, that's the sword of shaking in the Amidah. Which is when we shake, we're going towards Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and then when we get close, we go back, we pull back because it's not so vashov, and we get closer when we bow, and then we pull back, Yirat Hashem. That's the uh, that's the sword of the uh, the bow. It's like uh, the Malachim that when they get closer, because they have a yearning to get closer, but they also have fear at the same time, so therefore they're always. Pulling forward and then pulling, pulling back. Amar of Yosef. I'm sorry. Amar of Yosef. What is this like the appearance of the Bazak? Amar of Yosef. Bar Hanina. Ki'ur It's like the flame that emerges between the shards. Now as she explains over here, he gives us the whole, uh, this whole apparatus. Ka'kibshan. Uh, Let's do the kibshan first. What is Kibsham? Shesurfimbo abanim lesid, where they're um, burning the stones in order to make limestone. Now, what is bazak? Bazak is these um, like the shards of pottery. Shivarimu shaul yotzim ben eben the eben. The the flames they jut out or they flicker out between the the stones. Mebenacharasim. Now the bazak is. The fire that comes between the harasim um, is literally the, uh, the 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 pottery. So he says, "Derech maskikes ahav." Okay, those that purify gold, linkov klicheres. They take a klicheres and they make holes in it. The kabim, the kabim. Vekofin oto agabri halim, and they put the klicheres over coals. Shazav natun behem that the gold is underneath it. Betok ketishat harasim shadevanim agabri cheres. We lahav yotzei the mala and the Flames go up into the holes of this kedi chayres. Derech nechbeah kedi. Vasui givanim givanim v'tamid yoseh v'nechna. So different colors of the flames. It affects the colors of the flames, and they're just popping out of these holes of the harasim in and out. So that's what the kemarei habazak. You see, like a bunch of uh, different colors of uh, energies 
in and out, going up and down. Okay? That's that. He saw a northerly storm coming from the north. A storm coming from the north. This is not uh, the weather. This over here is uh, a wind that was coming from Bavel. It was a great cloud with a flashing fire. There was a brilliant brilliance of light surrounding it. And in it was the Hashmal. Where was the stormy wind going to from from Bavel? That was the power that Nebuchadnezzar got. This, this, this power of the wind was given to Nebuchadnezzar, which eventually he took over the, uh, the whole world. That was Bode Olam's desire, that uh, he enabled Nebuchadnezzar to conquer the world. And the stormy wind represents the Si'atad the divine assistance that uh, Nebuchadnezzar had to conquer the whole world. Uh, the Babylon is called the Northern Empire. Now, why would God give Nebuchadnezzar such, uh, such power? So the Gwim won't say that the Jews were subject uh, and he put them in the hands of a low nation. So Adrabah, Nebuchadnezzar was a status. He had a state, he was a man of stature. So therefore, it's not belittling B'nai said to be under Nebuchadnezzar. After all, he's one of the strongest kings ever. So therefore, Bore Olam, like we learned about Sechet Gitin, he elevates the enemy of Israel. Like it says, Kolam Metzer li Israel, Naasar Rosh. Hayu Sareh Hale Rosh, like we learned in Echa. Why, why does God make the enemies of B'nai Israel great? At least so, it's for our status. So nobody should say that the Jews are under the thumb of a low leader. Amara Kadosh Baruch Hu, Mi garam li sheyesh shamash le'ovdeh pesidim. What caused me to be the assistant of ovdeh pesidim, which means when B'nai Israel are under Nebuchadnezzar, K'v'yachol imu'anuchi b'sara, Bore'alam also is, is with them. And what caused uh, the subjugation of God, K'v'yachol, to be under Nebuchadnezzar, Avonotem, Shul Yisrael, and Garmudi, the Avonot, the Avonoten Waradim, Va'era Hayot, is I saw the Hayot, Bine Ofanehad Ba'ares, Etzel Hayot, and one of the Ofan, the wheels, was on the earth. Amar Bil Azar, Malach Echad Shu Omed Ba'ares, so this is referring to a certain angel who stands on the ground, Verosho, Magia Etzel Hayot, but his head, Reaches all the way to the heavens. Sandalfon Shemo. The name of this angel is Sandalfon. He's bigger than all the angels. By a distance of 500 year journey. He stands behind this chariot. And he's weaving crowns for his maker. Okay, what does that mean? He's weaving crowns. So some say that these crowns are coming from the Kedushan, the Barichu, and the Ameni Hashem of the Jewish people. So when we say uh, all these things, we answer, Kedish, Barichu, uh, etc., and Amen. So he takes these utterances that we have and uh, he binds the crown, Kivyachol, to a certain name, and that name of Hashem gives it flight, and the Kaddish goes all the way up and becomes a crown to a Kadosh Baruch Hu. 
If you look at Rashi, I mean, Tosfot says, "Bekosher ketarim lekono." Where do these crowns come from? Mitefilatan shel tzadikim u'ase atarot. Amazing. They become the keter of a kadosh baruchu, and that could be what we say in the tefilah keter yitenu lecha. That when we say kadosh, 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 so those praises ultimately become a keter through this malach that flies it all the way up uh, to the highest level. Again, don't make a mistake. Borei Olam does not have an image of a head. There's not a really a keter over here. These are just esoteric terms to explain something that's happening on the spiritual uh, level. The Matnita Tana, we learned that. Okay. Ini, we have a contradiction. That God has his place. That nobody knows his place. So how can Sandalfon reach all the way up to the Keter when nobody knows where that is? No, the Amar Shem Ataga. He puts the name of Hashem on the Taga. It flies up on its own. So it's on autopilot, uh, as we would call it today. That the Shem is put in the Keter and it reaches the, um, reaches the place by itself. Fine. <coughs> now the Gemara continues and says, Amar Abba, Kol Whatever Yehazkel saw in Maaseh Merkaba, Ra'ay Yishayah. Yishayah saw the same thing. So why did Yehazkel make such a big uh, talk about it? In the book of Yishayah, doesn't talk about the Maaseh Merkaba. But Yehazkel has uh, chapters on it. So why did Yehazkel make a big elaboration on it? And uh, Yishayah, no. So Yehazkel gives a mashal. What is Yehazkel comparable to? Leben Kefar Shira'ah Etamelech. To a villager that saw the king. You know, if you never saw the king before, meaning a, 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 an earthly king. So all these things are, are new. So it's shocking. Which means Yeshaya, he was raised in, uh, in, 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 in the palace. He saw kings. His uncle was Amatya, who was a king. So therefore, he saw what royalty is. And the Zohar Kadosh says that the uh, the upper heavens, which is the royalty of Hashem, it, it, it models the royalty of the king on earth, Kibyachot. So that when Yeshayah was used to royalty, he saw what palaces are, he saw the grandeur. So then it wasn't such a, you know impression like it left on Yehezkel that was like a villager that never even came in contact with uh, this type of, uh, this type of uh, uh, Malchut. Now she says, explain it too much. He was uh, he was royalty. He grew up in the palace. When somebody is brought up in the uh, in the city and he sees the king, he's not shocked. He doesn't even tell the story because it's normal for everybody over there. Okay, one more point. Amar Shlakish, my dictive, Ashira la Hashem kiga oga'a. I will sing to Hashem because He is the exalted above the exalted. Shira le mi shemitkae ala ge'in. Abore Olam exalts Himself upon the upon the exalted ones. What does that mean? Amar Mor. Melech shebahayot. Who's the king of the jungle? The king of the beasts? Ari. Melech shebehemot. Sure. And who's the king of the animals? The ox. Melech Shabbat who's the king of the birds? Meshet, the eagle. 
The Adam alehem, and the man is obviously exalted over them. is exalted over the exalted ones, and that's the. Um, those are the images that are on the chariot. That's why it's saying Masim and Kama has exactly those images: the image of Ashur, the image of Venetian, God took all the different kings. Kaviyachol and put those images on the chariot, and Borei Olam is Gaogaa. Katu vechadomer. One pasuk says Utmut penehem pene Adam. One pasuk says that one of the um, f- images on the Merkaba is the image of a face. Ufne arye elayamin larbatam, and then there's a face of a lion to the right of the other four images. Ufne hashor masimol larbatam, and then there's a face of a ox to the left. Uh, of the other four, uchtiv varba'a panim lehad pene ahad pene akiruv. One of the faces is the kiruv. Ufne ashini pene adam, vashidishi pene arye, varbi'i pene neshet. The ilushor lo kahashiv. So basically, in one pasuk it mentions that there's the image of a kiruv, and one it says the image of a shor, an ox. What happened to the ox? In the second version over here, it doesn't mention the uh, the ox. Yehezkel actually asked God for mercy, like we learned on Shabbat. When he saw the shore, it reminds God of the Egil. So therefore, Borelam said, Yehezkel prayed to God, and that shore image turned into the image of a child. You're going to make the prosecutor a defender, which means the ox recalls the sin of the calf, the golden calf. So you're going to put that on the faces of the chariot? So therefore, Borelam switched it to a keruv. My keruv, Amar, Rabbi Abahu, Kedabia, a child. Shekem Bebabel, Korin Lili Yunuka, Rabia. Bebel, they call a youth, Rabia. So what you see over here, Rabotai, is we saw this from the, the Sefer Ohel Yoshua from Yoshua, Yoshua Heller, that he said that you see from over here that throughout the generations there's a keruv from the Cheta Egel. And Yehazkel was praying to God that God removes this prosecution of Chet Ha'egel. And what's the solution to, to, to save us from Chet Ha'egel? <clears throat> so I will read you. I brought this uh, the piece over here with me. I have it with me. I'd like to read you his words. We read it on Shabbat. But it's definitely worthy to, to hear it again. Where he says in his piece over here that the only thing that can get away the Ketrug of Chet Ha'egel is children learning Torah. Lachen, Kirot Yechazkel Zechut Zeshel Yisrael Bagola, when he saw the Jewish people in exile, Shebechol Makom Shetinokot Shel Bet Rabban Metsuyim, wherever the children are found, Shechinam Metsuya, Hitpalela La Katigor Shebemerkaba Shehu Ashor, he prayed that the Katigor of the Merkaba, which is the Shor, Shehafech Lesanigor Shel Yisrael. And what is the Sanigor of Yisrael? When you have children, boys and girls studying Torah, ubezot neda godel achiyuv shel azakat b'tehat talmud va'yeshivot. How important it is to support the yeshivot shelomdim bot in the kotche betrabam that the children are studying. Henhema hakiruvim asochichim alenu. They are the protective cherubs and maasim el kaba of the generation. It is the children of the yeshiva that actually are the defenders 
against the dangerous mekatregim. Bechol makom shehem, shechina emahem. Hem hamekayimim ha'olam. They are the ones that are holding up the world. Ve'akadosh baruch hu mitpa'er bahem. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes glory in them. Umagen alenu b'schutam. And they are the magen. They are the protector of Klai Yisrael. Ushimahazikim otam, when we support the children to study Torah, yisku af otam she'enam ba'ale Torah l'tchayat emetim. Even the people that are not worthy will be saved. So actually, this Kemarovah is a very important lesson in education. The only way to get rid of the Kitrugim of the shore of Ma'asechet Ha'egel, which is very dangerous, we need to turn the shore into a keruv, into the face of a child, which obviously is the child learning Torah. Like we said, Lashon Raka Teshaber Garem, that the soft tongue of the, of the children, Lashon Raka Teshaber Garem, can break even a hard bone. And this rabbi say, Teshaber is Otiyot Tinokot Shel Bet Rabam, and Garem is Gezerot Ra'im Mevatlim. They're able to break Gezerot Ra'ot. So that's again a remez what Yehazkel was doing over here to turn the shore into a... Continues. So it says, why again, Ma'asem Merkaba, Peneha Echad, Peneha Kiruv, Peneha Sheni, Peneha Adam. So... The face of the Kiruvim, that's one face of the Merkaba, and the other one is a face of Adam, which sounds like an adult. Vashilishi pene Ariyeh, then the third is a lion, Varbi'i pene Neshe, that's an eagle. So the Gemara says, Hainu pene Keruv, Hainu pene Adam. So Keruv is Adam, it's the same thing. So what, what do we have? Two different faces over here. Keruv is the face of a, uh, of a child, which is an Adam. So the Gemara answers now, They're not the same thing. So you have the face of an adult, which is Pene Adam, and then you have Apezutre, which is the small face, which is the face of the uh, of the child. And therefore, um, we have Rashi over here. So he has a nice uh, little note over here. The liability to the golden calf hung over the heads of the Jewish people for centuries. But there is a view that the sin was atoned for completely at the destruction of the first temple. At this point, the repentance of the Jewish people was accepted and they were, and they became like a new man like a newborn, infant in regard to their innocence. Thus, Yehezkel, close to the destruction, the ox became an infant. Nice. So therefore, the ox turned into a child as if to say, you're clean. Very nice. This also explains why in the first verse, the order is man, lion, ox, and eagle. Whereas in the second, it lists the order of keruv, man, lion, and eagle. The keruv symbolizes the penitent that takes place uh, before all other images, because the spiritual level reached by penitence cannot be reached even by the perfectly righteous. So therefore, the Baal goes first. So that's where the Keruv went first. Okay, very nice. Imagine that last night. Yes, exactly. So now the Gemara says, So one Pasuk says, Shesh kenafayim, shesh kenafayim So that each one of these uh, angels 
they had six wings. Two wings they covered their face, two wings they covered their feet, their legs, and then they covered their body with the other two. But another Pasuk says, so it sounds like the wings of the angels is only four. So it sounds like it was reduced from six to four. And the Gemara says on that, La Kashya, Kan Bizman Chibeta Mikdash Kayam. So Yeshaya, when he saw the vision when the Beta Mikdash was still around, it was six wings. Kan Bizman Chibeta Mikdash Kayam. At the time of Yehaskel, when he was prophesizing, it was the time of the destruction. Kibiachol Shinit Ma'atu Kanfea Hayot. Kibiachol, as if to say there was a uh, a reduction in the in the angels themselves and the in the uh, in the kedusha. Now she says, "Kan bezman shemet avodash kayam b'mei yeshaya hayam mikdash kayam b'mechonot on its uh, on its base." B'mei yeheskem kevar egiyas man shehalevin et ma'ata pamalia shel mala. So already in that time, the temple was uh, destined to be destroyed. So therefore, already there was a. A reduction in the pre- in the presence of Hashem that was manifested in the two uh, uh, wings that were missing. So Gemara wants to know which which two were missing. Hey minayu imrut from the six. Amar of Hanela Marav otan sheomrot shirabahem. It seems that there's certain wings of the angels that are used to praise Hashem and sing song. Ketiv Achad says in Yeshaya ubishtai miofef. What sounds like that with two wings they fly and they call out And we have another pasuk that says Which is implying that what? As if these flo- these wings disappeared Look at them and now you don't see them anymore So therefore there's a name is that the, the wings that are referred to as Yofef, they disappeared. As it says, Ataif There's another view that says, Amre, Otan Behem Naglehem. The um, the wings that actually cover their legs. Why? Because we have one pasuk that says, Now it says in the image of the angel's feet, they're one foot. Like that's why we pray the Amidah, we put our feet together so we can be domain like the angels. It's a straight leg. It looks like one. How did Yehazkel know what the angels' legs looked like if, they, if the wings were covering them? So from the fact that Yehazkel knew what the legs of the angels looked like, that implies to us that those wings must have disappeared. And that's how he knew. So the Gebarah says, well, that's no proof. Maybe they opened their wings for a second and he was able to see it and they put them back on. That's no proof that the wings permanently uh, disappeared. Because we're not going to say that. When he, when he was talking about what their face looked like, he said their face was like an Adam. Well, are you going to say that those wings disappeared? Clearly not. Because then, then it would be uh, uh, only left with uh, two wings. And we know there was left with four. So how did they, how did he know what was going on with their faces? Ela de iglai v'hazyale must be that the face was momentarily revealed, and they saw it. 
So too, when it came to the legs, they momentarily revealed it. <coughs> and they saw it. So the Gemara says, no, no comparison. Which means, I have no problem that the angels revealed their face in front of Yechezkel. Because it's the normal derek that a student reveals his face in front of his rabbi. So his rabbi, uh, 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 no, I'm sorry. Exactly. Which means it's proper etiquette to uncover one's face when you're in front of the master. You're not going to talk to your rabbi with your face covered. So therefore, the angel who was lower than Yehezkel, we can understand that he uncovered his face. That's how Yehezkel knew what his face looked like. However, but you don't take off your, you don't uncover your feet in front of your rabbi. So therefore, unless you say they were always uncovered, because it was those two wings that were the ones that disappeared. We have another pasuk that says, So thousand thousands, which is a million, were serving him, and then a myriad of myriads, which means 10,000 of 10,000, which is 100 million. But another pasuk says, Can you count the number of legions of God's servant? Well, the first pasuk is counting them. The second pasuk is saying, you can't count them. So make up your mind. Is, there a, is it finite or is it infinite? So the Gemara says, and by the way, that she says, That means every troop has a million. And there's, there's unlimited amount of troops. So therefore, it's, it's an amazing number. Only problem is, the second pasuk says, What do you mean? The first pasuk is telling me that there is some, some, some sort of number. When the Beit HaMikdash was Kayam, so there's no limit, there's no number. There was such a glory in heaven so therefore, the pasuk doesn't even give a number. But after the Beit was destroyed, as if to say, there was a reduction in the, uh, in the heavenly court. Tanya, Rabbi Yoseh Omer Mishum Abba Yoseh Ben Dosai, Elef Alfin Yesham Eshuner, this is what we just told you, Mispar That's the number that reflects just one of the troops of Hashem. When it comes to how many troops there are, and Mispah, there is no, um, there is no, there's no uh, number. So therefore, that's how he's answering the Pesukim. Which means, when the Pesuk says, that's the amount of troops. But each troop of angels has Elif Alfin. So you got the second answer? The first answer is what? No. There was an unlimited amount, as much as Kayam. If the Mekdash got destroyed, it was a number. Thank you, John. Second answer is what? No. Second answer is that there was always a number. Every troop has a number, but the troops themselves, there's no number to them. So that's how we reconcile the Pesukim. Final answer on that. That's referring to the angels of the stream of fire. The dinur 
river. That she says, the river of fire. It flows before Hashem. So it's saying that uh, this is the special uh, uh, angels that serve in front of that in front of that river. Now, what is this river over here called Nehag Dinur? Where does where this uh, emerge from, this fiery river? From the perspiration of the angels. And what does it empty out into? Okay, lands on the heads of the Rishaim in Gehinam. Uh, as the Pasuk says, so there's a storm of Hashem, a fury goes forth, a tempest. On the heads of the wicked. It empties out upon those that were ordained. What does that mean? Those were uh, ordained. So the Gemara says, Those that died before their time. Nahar Yutzak Yesodam. Now, what does it mean, died before their time? So the Gemara will uh, explain this. What does it mean? That those were supposed to come to the world, but never came to the world. And that's what Nahar Dinor falls out on them. Tanya. Look at that she. That she says on this right away. Al Asher Kumitu al Tatka ad Dorot. The 974 generations. She Ivir Mena Olam Kodem Matan Torah. Velobera'am. It was supposed to be, uh, um, you know, before the world. The world was 974 generations prior. Something was going on over there. Like it says. And they went into Gehinam, all those, those people. Venatnam be Gehinam. Ba'alhem nofel. And that's when the Hadinor falls on them. Okay. And what does that mean? Tanya. Amar bishim'on ha'asid. Elu tesha me'ot v'shiv'im v'arba'ad norot. Shekum metud e'barot. That were destined to be created. But they were not. Before the world was created, they learned the Bre'u. Rashi says, It was supposed to be 974 generations before the Torah. Because you have the 974 before the world, and then the Torah was given in the 26th generation from the world. So therefore, it's not Elif Dor, it's 26 generations. From Adam to Noah is 10, Noah to Abraham is 10, Abraham to Moshe is 6. So the Chaurah, it's 26. But why did it say Davar Sibal Elif? Because it's including the 970 generations, 974 before the world was created. That's what she says. Now, what was the, <coughs> what was the problem? The problem was that he saw that these people are going to be the Sha'im. And God wanted to give the Torah after a thousand generations, but he saw that the world would not be able to exist for so long without Torah. So therefore, Bari Olam got rid of them, and he gave it after 26 generations. But the Gemara says that what happened to all those people that were supposed to be uh, created, 
So it says, Shene'emar, Nahar Yutzak Yesodam. That uh, means over here, the verse thus reads, those who were cut down, they were cut down by themselves. Well, they're sleeping, exactly. That's the way he says it also. So let's just see over here for a second. So these were not... Uh, so also the Gemara says, "Velon nivreu akadosh baruch hu." So what, what happened to these people? Veshatlan bechol dor vador. So Bore Olam, uh, he um, he planted them in every generation. So they're in every generation. What are who are those people? Vehenen azepanim shebador. Aha, those are the brazen people of the generation. Mm-hmm. So we have again, our Yerusha is what? They planted them in every single generation. So where is the justice in consigning people to Gehinam if they never had any opportunity to sin? That's the real question over here. They weren't even born. So why is Nahad for it falling on these guys' heads if they didn't even do anything? They were the 974 generation that should have been created, but weren't. So what are you punishing them? So therefore he says, you know, how could God take 974 generations that were not created and place them in Gehinnam? It's a good, uh, good question. So he says over here that God did not place them directly in Gehinnam, but rather distributed them among later generations where they sinned and then deserved Gehinnam. That's the way Maharsha explains as well. Uh, so that's... Uh, so if you look at Tosfot, Tibur HaMakhir, B'Tardan. Our Tosfot, B'Tardan. V'Ika Lema'an Damar B'Shatlan. He planted them in every generation. Perush Hashim, Nefil HaShon Nishon, Natan Shmatan B'Gehinam, V'Lo Nibri'u, V'Temahu, V'Chi Abidina, V'Lo Dina. You're going to punish people without, without doing anything? Kima Pash'u, Diyot B'Gehinam. They weren't created at the same time. God scattered them throughout the generation. I guess these were bad neshamot. If they were all created at the same time, they would have destroyed the world. So therefore they deserve the Gehinam after they were created. Okay, so that's the Azepanim Shebador. Okay, that's the, uh, and that's when the Hadinur is, is falling on. Okay, stop over here on the Gemara.